0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it's Thursday. You got one more day until the weekend. Of course, for the IT guys out there, they probably don't even have weekends. (laughs) Hopefully, I'm just kidding and you actually do. Uh, Thanks for joining. As you know, MSP Initiative Live, we do every Tuesdays and Thursdays, one o'clock Eastern time. So you caught us at the right time in the right place. If you happen to be catching this session or any other session that we do, you'll find that at mspinitiative.com under the sessions tab. Uh, where we record uh, all of them, and you can download, fast forward, rewind, and do what you normally do when you go out there and find stuff to learn about. Uh, today we have uh, we bring back a very uh, special guest on the show, uh, Mr. Bob Coppage. Uh,
1: hey,
0: how how are you doing today, Bob? <laughs> Peachy. How about you? You know, it's sunny outside. That's a win. I I wouldn't know. I'm working hard. You know. Yeah, it, it's it's. Mean, uh, it sounds like it. Well, right, you know, there's
1: there's always ambient noise on these things going on, but no, I am because I'm a dedicated IT guy. You know, it's like you're saying, we work hard. Uh, we're we're all over all over our clients' needs, and uh, that's that's what we do. That's 100%. off to
0: us, right? There's no no vacation, no breaks, twenty four seven.
1: no, because we are. We we're, we're very dedicated people. Yes. Rounding forget,
0: up. For, forget the post office. IT guys have it worse.
1: Oh, it is so rough. It is such a, such a rough time for us. Uh, you're, you're not buying this, are you?
0: Not at all, Bob. What's, what's cooking? Where are you at, pal? Oh, uh,
1: let's, uh, I'm, I'm in, I'm in Mexico. I'm at a
0: <laughs> beach resort. <laughs> um, you are you are you are having a great vacation, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yes. I'm I'm just work from home was okay, but now work from and and
0: yeah, you need a hat.
1: Uh, so yes, this is work from anywhere testing.
0: Okay. Well, it's yeah. looking good, Bob. I mean, you know, good connection <laughs> on the beach, you know, good weather. I like it. There you I go. I like it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. 100 <laughs> percent So for anyone that doesn't know Bob. Uh, Bob, why don't you go ahead and give a little bit of background about uh your your MSP. And by the way, before you even get started, a very special thank you on behalf of myself and the rest of the group here uh on the channel strong tour for for hosting us at your uh at your place in Ohio during the last tour. I really appreciate that.
1: No, ha- happy to do that. And that's what forced me to have to take a vacation. It was just so energy sapping that event. It, it, it... <laughs> No, well, uh, thanks, uh, and, and essentially, my history in the MSP world started Simplex IT in Northeast Ohio back in 2007. Uh, we're now up to about 20 employees, all that blah, 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 good stuff. Uh, we also do both what I call pure MSP, which is what, there is no internal IT department. And we also found ourselves, like so many MSPs, doing what I, what's called co-managed IT, where there is an IT department. We ended up formalizing it about two or three years ago. Call it Comets, and uh, that right now, that accounts for about fifty percent of our business between Pure and uh, Co-managed IT or Comets.
0: Awesome. Well, let, let me for for anyone that uh, some some just you know simple simple housekeeping, if you would. I'm gonna get it out of the way now so we can get into the good stuff. So if you're on Facebook, and I know like a lot of the planet is. Um, I've heard of it yeah go ahead and subscribe to co-manage IT services that's Bob's group and Bob puts out really good content on a regular basis there I promise it's worth the the subscribe and if you didn't know and Bob's very humble but he's written some good books actual books that you can buy uh, or e-reader or whatever but you you can see there's two books I'm gonna reference today this is The MSP Survival Guide to Co-Managed IT Services. And this is perfect if you're in the IT or managed services business and you're trying to figure out how to formalize your approach to this. And then on the opposite side, uh, for anyone who is an internal IT guy who gets approached by the people probably watching this session, I don't want your job. (laughs) Is co-managed IT services the right fit for you? And so these are actually two, I mean, listen, $9.99 on your Kindle or $29.95 on this one. I mean, probably well spent. I mean, we've all wasted more money at Starbucks and uh, your local convenience store and probably all the energy drinks we, we drink when we're not taking vacation. So I really appreciate um, you guys taking a, you know, taking a look at these two. Don't forget, sign up for the co IT group uh, on Facebook. Take a look at these two books if you... Have any interest in this topic, it's well worth the read. And then from our side, before we get going, uh, we talked about the, the Channel Strong Tour. You know, Bob just hosted us at one of the stops last time. The dates for the next Channel Strong Tour are available now. So it's gonna be July 19th through the 30th. You can see we're finally coming to the Northeast because it's open. And uh, if you're near any one of these stops, you know, please hit the, uh, please hit the website and uh, scroll down and just request an invite here in IT. A uh, man of services guy, and we'll we'll get you hooked up. And then lastly, much, much lastly, also on our page is under giveaways. We have 10 awesome prizes this month. Um, so throw your name in the hat. All you got to do is fill out this form and uh, you have a chance to win. No, you don't have to buy anything. Just raise your hand by submitting the form. So that's all of the housekeeping. It's out of the way. Appreciate I want to, but
1: I want to add something to that. Go ahead. For the MSP Strong Tour. If you're in the area, don't just attend. Have your techs attend. Yes. Because one of the things we often miss out on is is we go to the conferences. I'm assuming most of us are watching or the CEOs, the tech directors, or whatever. We go to the conferences. We have the one-on-one with the vendors, all of that good, fun stuff. And that's great. But we miss the fact that for every one of us, there's three or four people at least who could also gain from the opportunity to actually talk like, you know, with, I'll even say George, you know, rounding up, I, I'm willing to go this route. I'm willing to, uh, no, but, but to actually talk about V voip and talk about these other solutions that are out there that you don't get that opportunity. And I'll tell you, your employees will appreciate it because they actually get a chance to get out there, mingle with some of the vendors, talk about the good stuff, the bad stuff. Even if, if you're not already working with that vendor in particular, whether it be looking to develop that relationship uh, or, or just getting some, some different perspectives on the technologies that they're working with. So don't just look at it as a you attending, bring your team uh, and, and there's no poaching. There's no one you know, MSB is trying to steal from another or all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, it's, it's what I call coopetition. It's, a, it's a, some places we compete, some places we, we cooperate. Uh, so, so absolutely absolutely take advantage of this type of stuff it does not happen frequently enough and congrats to you guys even George for putting this on and, and supporting and
0: don't, and don't worry if anybody calls the police about you know fictitious Mustangs driving down <laughs> and,
1: and yes there is a story behind that and that's really why I'm in Mexico waiting for that statute of limitations to run out so
0: that's right they'll never find you Bob they'll never find you at all um, so Bob, I, I, I'm curious, um, it seems now more than ever you now, especially when, I mean, the government, the, the the current administration today put out a document today on urging private businesses to better protect themselves from ransomware and the security incidents earlier in the week. We, we had, uh, you know, legal extraordinaire guru, Brad Gross on, and I said, Brad, I was like, the kind of put out the the, the white flag and said, hey, it's gonna get worse. I don't know what you want us to do as the government. And I was like, kind of inviting it a little bit. And that has to have, you know, the people responsible for IT, technology, or just even business decisions at, at companies, I gotta think they're concerned. Now, finally, it's mainstream news and mainstream dialogue, not just the low league IT people of the world raising their hand saying, hey um, we need to do something different so I'm curious from from where you sit right where you know co manages more working with the people inside of you know companies who may have some IT or technical staff or CTO or something like that versus just outsourcing all of it to a company anyway which obviously there's two different sides of a coin right but like, I gotta think more recently because of all of this stuff bubbling up. Even even in Mexico, I'm sure you're getting emails, even though you're not looking at them, about these guys saying, "How do we? How do we start? Where do we go? How, how does that conversation look like from your side?"
1: Well, first of all, I actually this morning spoke for about 45 minutes at an Italian uh, MSP conference in Italy. So it doesn't sleep, and it's all over the bloody place. So. But, but here's the thing, and, and and it it both has to do directly with what's going on, and it also has been going on for a long time. When you're looking in the SMB field, most internal IT departments do not have the tool sets to actually deliver fantastic IT to, to their employers, who we would consider clients. And they also don't necessarily have the expertise to really take on the stuff that really needs to be looked after, which cybersecurity, of course, is the closer child for that. And traditionally, the MSP strategy has been, that's okay, we can do everything. And we'll replace that internal IT person." Well, the problem with that is that there are also internal IT things that they do better than we do. Internal IT people know, hopefully, hopefully, they know what the best value is for their organization. They know what, whether accounting is more important on Tuesdays because these reports are run. And we can talk to a blue in the face about, well, we can learn that. Yes, we can, but we can't learn it 40 hours a week there on site. And the whole issue is is comits creates an opportunity for us to take the best of both worlds and work them together. Now, over the past two years, there have been two significant changes to the concept of, of IT as it relates to the SMB. One is the work from anywhere concept, however you want to call it. You know, but that whole thing of organization suddenly, absolutely, the coolness, the coolness is real, folks. It's not a very high coolness, but it's a real coolness <laughs> on both of our- but, but on the one side of the fence, organizations had to adapt, and they had to adapt radically, and they had to adapt quickly. It's very hard to do that when your internal IT staff has neither the skills nor the ability to, to take undertake that kind of quick change. MSPs, we kind of do. The good ones do anyway. Similarly, cybersecurity. We don't have, excuse me, the internal IT folks don't have that necessary Uh, specialty and and the ability to to review logs and to do all of these sort of things. So between those two opportunities really emerging dramatically and almost you can say violently, internal IT is left with, I can do all these other things in, in a fantastic way, hopefully rounding up, but I can't do these and I don't have time to develop these skills and the workforce isn't out there for me to hire Whereas the, co- the, the MSP is sitting there going, we can do a lot of these things, but, but the company doesn't want to replace their internal IT people. Mm-hmm. What's the solution? It's simple. It's that co-managed IT. And that's where we can get into that dialogue because at the end of the day, what's the goal of an MSP? Whether it's pure MSP or co-managed MSP, the goal is we want the client to have ridiculously strong IT. We want it to be performing well. We want it to be secure. We want it to be whatever. And if that becomes our message, not the, we do this, we have this, we run this, we want, forget talking about us. MSPs talk about ourselves way too much, but we want you to be fantastic performers. We want you to be secure. We want you to be uh, uh, incredible to your clients and your vendors and your employees. Now it really doesn't matter whether we're talking about a a pure MSP or a co-managed. And that's the key. Change the dialogue. So you're talking about the client's results, not what you bring. That makes
0: sense. No, it makes perfect sense. So it's, it's very interesting when, you know, like we have a hard enough time keeping up with the ebb and flow and changes, right? Technology is one of those businesses where things move really fast. right? Um, And so, a lot of the time, to your point, the internal IT people know the organization well, right? They're living in it, they're doing it every day. They understand who's good, who's bad, who has a hard time turning the power button on, and who's really like, the power user. But I mean, at what point do they realize? Like, I, it, I'm not trying. It's not. I'm not trying to blow anybody's ego, right? But nobody knows everything. I don't. You don't. Nobody knows. But these internal guys are not- so are so kind of protective of the moat around the, <laughs> around the company that sometimes they won't admit they need help. And I think now more than ever, it you know, help is required.
1: So do MSPs. How many MSPs do we know that are sitting there going, no, I give my clients uh, antivirus and I give my clients uh, firewall uh, five years ago. And uh, that's been fine. And they are small companies, so they're not going to need it anymore. You know, egos are always there. And and here's the thing. I will say this, and I've said this several times at, at you know, uh, bars in Mexico. For some reason, people don't really care. Uh, but the only thing worse than a good co-managed client getting away is a bad co-managed client signing. Yeah, There has to be understanding. There has to be that, that uh, partnership that they're going to recognize that you do some things better than they do. Whether that better is because it's the best practice, because it's the knowledge of the tools, because it's the experience, because you hired specialists, whatever. But you have to recognize the fact that there are some things that they're going to do better than you too. Whether it be the end user understanding the uh, equipment that's out on the shop floor, the reason why an XP box has to stay, you know, all of that kind of fun stuff. So there has to be that 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 partnership. And to an MSP who is not willing to really buy into that fully, Comitz is not good for you. It it just isn't, and it's not for everybody. But similarly, when you're talking to a potential client, you have to have that internal IT support that they're recognizing the fact that this is gonna be a relationship and there's gonna be a give and take. But that, and and that their homegrown solution, that is, you know, an access database, an Excel spreadsheet, three post-it notes, and, I'm really pretty sure I remember how to do this Yeah, uh, can be replaced by a product that actually does this full.
0: Bob, um, we had Brad, uh, Brad Gross earlier on in the week. We had talked about where there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Right? Let's say, you know, you're an MSP you're working with a company. Now all of a sudden they bring a hired gun in to do some project. Maybe it's a specific project. Maybe it's they're specializing in their line of business app or their CRM or whatever it is. And now all of a sudden you're in a situation where everybody's ask, asking for access to things that eh, is a little bit uncomfortable if you're responsible for certain systems, right? right. But how do you address that? Is that is that an agreement? I'm sure there's an agreement part of it because Brad said as much. You should have it. This should be part of your MSA at some right. level. But like from an operational standpoint, how do you how do you address this whole thing?
1: So first of all, you're screwed. Okay, to a certain degree, and because you have introduced an additional layer of complexity as far as who's doing what and all of this kind of fun stuff. And what I recommend, and, and, and first of all, the, the absolute is go call Brad and ask him the same question. And whatever I said, ignore it, pay attention to Brad. And I'm only partially kidding on that. Brad's our lawyer as well. And we are still we still have a bit of a work in progress going on on our side of the fence. Uh, but the challenge is, and, and you really bring up two different circumstances. Circumstance number one is what I call that co-managed relationship or the co-mitch relationship, which is where we're providing the, the, the tools, what I call stamps, software tools, methodologies, portals, to the internal IT person, in which case it's their work that's actually performing. So really the only thing we have to do is to make sure they're signing and uh, accepting the tools as is, as provided. Right, exactly, with all of the legal put in there. But then they're also going to escalate certain tickets to you. Well, you also have project agreements where you basically specify that here's where your responsibility be, begins and ends, because they're primarily responsible for that aspect, but you're brought into it. So you would kind of treat this, again, after talking with Brad, you would treat that as a, you're, you're doing this more or less as a TNM kind of thing, so there's no there's no grand, uh, 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 you know whether it be implicit or explicit guarantee of it.
0: Okay. So, so that's, Hey, you're, you're working in a co-managed type way. You're doing projects in addition to them utilizing whatever resources are part of the base agreement, right? Right. What happens on scenario two where another person enters the equation and says, I need God mode. I need access. And now all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a minute, we'll do whatever you want. I just want to make sure you understand that if, if this person's in the cookie jar and I'm in the cookie jar and you're in the cookie jar, I don't want to be in a situation where if something breaks, you know, I'm the yeah. bad guy, right?
1: Right. Now, now first of all, we're all in that situation, whether it's comets or, or traditional MSP. So if they bring in somebody who's going to be installing, a, a you know, a CRM program or an ERP program, whatever. And the first is always, always, always respond by, no, you don't. You don't need God mode. You, you need to be able to, to uh, get these things accomplished. We'll work out times to get together with you. We will do this. So we will have the God mode. We will, you know, that's it. Uh, and, and this becomes one of the, who has the better relationship with the client, you or this vendor? Now, you can't just assume automatically that it's one way or the other. It really has to do with the relationship. In this particular instance, where we're talking about a vendor, or I call them seagulls, they come come in and fly fly in out of nowhere, squawk, make a lot of noise, drop a lot of, and then fly away. You should already have that relationship with the client, whether it be internal IT or the client management, where you can say, you want us to control to manage this thing? We're gonna do it our way. We will be able to give this person everything they need, but we're gonna do it on our terms. And then, if they basically refuse, whether it be the vendor refuses or the client refuses, it's like everything else. You have to then determine it. Do you want, how badly do you want this client, and what kind of risks are you willing to take? And it's one of those where, at the end of the day, the odds are you're the most informed making the decision. So you have to decide what level of risk you're willing to put up with what level of annoyance you're willing to put up with and what kind of time you're willing to put in on your tech sense.
0: Everybody always runs to the waiver. Hey, I offered you this, you declined. Don't, don't look at me. Right? Like, does that even really work now? I mean, how often does that come up?
1: I mean, how often does, does honey, do you, don't you remember I told you about this yesterday? (laughs) <laughs> it sounded like such a good defense yesterday. Yeah. But when it comes time for it to come to your aid, it's useless.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and here's the problem is that there are differing levels of disagreements that we have with organizations and they escalate on up to legal. And when you start talking about waivers or the you're being stupid, you know, uh, uh, you're signing off on those kind of things. They work well when you're reminding the person, because people don't like to sign off on saying, yes, I know I'm being stupid. So there's a certain natural tendency that people will go, oh, okay, yeah, no, I guess you're right. But if they do sign off on it, do not sleep easy thinking, "Phew, all my, you know, my tookuses are covered. They're not because they are being challenged in court. They are being thrown out because like it or not, MSPs are experts. And clients are not. And too much of our advertising, go to your website. Does your website talk about how fantastic you are and how protected your clients are going to be by engaging you? That's an implied promise. And depending upon the state, depending upon the level of vulnerability, depending upon the actions, depending upon everything, every one of those issues takes that waiver and knocks it down percentage points in terms of how effective that's going to be for you. And before long, you're down to, oh, look, it's 20% effective, which means it's 80% ineffective.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's well put. I mean, I feel like people always, you know, there's like, hey, would you, hey, hey, do you have a copy of a waiver I can borrow so I can go give it to my yeah. and It's like, I'm not sure this is gonna actually help you. I mean, it, it helps.
1: The one thing that I've used those for very effectively has been getting the client to understand that we're serious Mm -hmm. and we've had more issues where the client with basically pulls back from their insistence instead of signing the waiver. Now, part of that, you can make the case is that the client is more ignorant than I am. And they think the waiver actually carries weight, but boy, that's a gambling game. I don't like to play.
0: Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So, Let's shift. Let's shift topics uh, to this. You already pointed out that these guys have like sticky notes underneath the keyboard, and they may not have any documentation. It may be in the guy's head. How do you extract that information and, and actually get it into a format that makes you viable to them? Because without yeah. certain pieces of stuff of information, you might not even be able to get to the ground to the to the front door and, and turn the knob and go in, right?
1: Actually, it's been easier for us on the COVID side. Because think about it from the standpoint of let's let's talk about it from the pure MSP situation. Pure MSP situation, you're dealing with the other MSP mm-hmm. usually, or you're outsourcing directly to the entire IT department. Although that happens with less and less frequency. Although I think it will make a comeback this year. Uh, but I but I think that that you know we've had more trouble getting MSPs to fess up on what they've got, and we've also found out that it turns out they didn't have as much as we thought they did. Mm-hmm. whereas the internal and, and and that and that msp is looking at it from the standpoint of well once we've dumped that we're done with you you're dead to us no more and if we're replacing the internal it folks they're equally if not more so uh disenfranchised with the situation and they're not going to cooperate but the internal it person if they're buying into it mm-hmm. they are they're all oh, finally i've got somebody else So I don't have to be on vacation where George is going to call me out of the blue and say, join me on a call because you're the only one who can solve this problem.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, and, and this is a great litmus test, actually. Now, part of the challenge is you have to make sure that everybody understands this is going to be a work in progress. So you're not going to be in a situation where 30 days later, everything is documented because you can't get the internal IT usually to dedicate all that time to document everything at that short of a time frame. But you can at least have this moving forward. And you've already got, because you're an MSP and you're doing this right, aren't you? Aren't you, huh? Aren't you? You've already got a methodology for capturing the documentation. You've already got a set of best practices for how to set up your antivirus your endpoint. You've got a best practice for firewalls. You've got a best practice for your rmm your PSA. You've got You see what I'm saying? Use those best practices the exact same way for this client with the exact same exceptions that are justified because of special needs or special issues. Mm-hmm. Just bring the internal IT person into that process. Make them part of it and listen to them. They may have suggestions that they you never thought of because it's out of the box. So you may end up being able to improve your operations for everybody else because this
0: guy or gal had this great idea that you never thought of. That's a great point. What? what how do you approach... A customer that's sizable enough, where they're asking you to place a body at their facility regularly, one day a week, two days a week, three days. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you approach that?
1: I approach that with the same, same uh, response as when a client wants or, or when a vendor wants to have full access to of the kingdom. Why? What do we need to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And it's one of those where, and make it expensive, so make it hurt, but make it so that there can be part of that conversation can be a, what we want to do is we don't care about being on site. We care about you having great IT, strong IT, well-performing, all that. And depending upon the contract, we will come on site as needed. Because if I come on site once a week, I come on site every Thursday. What happens when something happens Friday? Yeah. Wouldn't you rather have something where if my text can't handle it, they'll just come out and take care of it. And, and that has worked for us. And we've been able to do, we've had a couple of instances where we've said, uh, I'm gonna charge you this much extra for somebody to come in on Thursday, but i tell you what, I'm gonna work my butt off to make it so that you don't know why that guy's here. I wanna make it so that I can prove to you that we don't need that. And let's revisit that in two months or three months. The, the client basically says, okay, you're taking care of what I, my security blanket need, but you're also telling me that you may be able to save me some money by doing things the way you wanna do it. To which my response is absolutely, and it saves me money too, because my people are profitable when we don't have to go on site. Mm-hmm. And I keep clients by, being, by making sure you guys are productive. So if I can keep us off your location and keep you guys productive, everybody wins. And I love Everybody Wins situation.
0: Two 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 part question here, or, or scenario if you would. One, what happens if you're in a commit situation, the internal IT resource decides they, they're, they're going elsewhere and the company re- reaches out to you and says, help us find another person, help us hire another person, to oh, replace that, that, that guy. So that's part that one. Is that That's part one. Part two is, I'm sure in the agreement, you don't want to be having your people taken away from you and vice versa. They don't want their people taken away from them either. Right.
1: So yeah, and that's, that's a simple, the second part's the easy one. That's the simply I don't poach you. You don't poach me. Okay. Um, the first one that's fantastic. Similarly, let's take a look at the other situation where you've got a pure MSP agreement and the people say, we love you guys, but we need to have somebody here on site 40 hours a week. So does that mean we have to say goodbye? The bottom line is, now let's get back to that original conversation. We want you guys to have great IT. Mm -hmm. If you want your own internal IT people, that's fantastic. If you want us to do it, that's fantastic. Combinations, that's fantastic. You see where we're going. So anytime that they want to make a change, we want to be there. And trust me, in comments, you want to be there for hiring their replacement. And you want to do everything you can to make sure it's a good hire. Because first of all, that means the person that they hire knows they owe you. They know that the company felt tight enough with you from a relationship standpoint to bring you in on it so that when you insist that they follow these procedures for ticketing or monitoring or whatever, they can't, oh, look, I'm going to build my own kingdom here and get these MSP people out of here because I don't want them. Mm. No, they know that you're part of that solution. You're part of that, of that infrastructure, for lack of a better word. The other situation, and, and I've actually heard of, of several MSPs have gone into this, where they want to hire somebody. Mm-hmm. For you to be able to sit back and go, well, right now we have this pure MSP agreement, but we've also got this COMITS agreement. And the COMITS agreement would allow us to do just this. You bring in somebody. And you can bring in a cheaper person than you would otherwise mm-hmm. because we've got the tools to make them superpowered. Mm-hmm. So we can basically, you bring on in somebody who's got just minimal amount of experience to be that level one help desk, whatever, we'll give them the Iron Man suit because we've already got all these tools. We'll train them. We'll make them sure. Tri- and you'll actually, your agreement with us will go down. It won't go down equal to, the, to, to what the person's going to be making, but it'll be a lot closer than you might think. And that way... If, we can make sure you're hiring the right person, and we still are working because at the end of the day, we want to have a partnership with you where we're helping your IT be great, working with your internal IT or being completely your IT department.
0: Hundred percent. I think that's fantastic. No, that's that's great. But the next the next topic then is how how much do you then turn around and do some sort of if more than communication, almost training, right? Like things change, right? Technology's sometimes got to be swapped in and out for different things. Like, Absolutely. how often are those people being being prepped?
1: How often do you train your tech? Hopefully, not regularly. quite that often.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, regularly. Right. We so the often.
1: same thing, but that's part yeah. of your value.
0: Yeah, that's
1: part of the value. So don't don't hide from this. Embrace it. Embrace it. If you're sitting there, and especially with the, with the one to three IT people, they don't have time to put together a good ticketing system. They've got Spiceworks, and it's the default Spiceworks implementation that was put in there with no configuration. Mm-hmm. Your guys and gals are continually upgrading the RMM. You're adding new scripts, new deployments, new monitoring, new alerts. That's part of your pitch. Not only are we bringing these tools in, you don't have to go out and select which ones. We do that. And if, and if one of the tools ends up being outda- outdated or outclassed, fine, we're going to be bringing in a new one for all of our other clients. And you just come along for the ride and we'll train you and we'll help you make sure that it, we'll, we'll actually install it and configure it based on our best practices. Don't hide from that. This is one where you can basically say, don't you want good documentation? Don't you want good monitoring? Don't you want good ticketing? Don't you want good time management? Don't you want good training? Don't you want to be able to work remotely on the you know, yada, yada, yada? This is going to get you all this. This is where you justify the dollars. And if you train the internal IT and the internal IT are in parallel with you, it's back to that old, you know, a bad co is worse than a, a, a good one getting away. Um, they're going to appreciate, they're going to rely on you. You're the ones who make who make it so they can take vacations.
0: That's uh, and, and that that's how you're actually in Mexico right now. Give, you got give it. Give us a story, Bob. Of a, bad, of a bad fit. Give us a story of a co relationship where it's not looking good, you two. red flags are coming up, yeah?
1: I'll give you two. Uh, one, and, and both of them were good companies, good IT people who wanted this to work. And one we got away from in time, the other one we didn't, but we parted friends. We had one client, uh, it was a company that they had one IT person who was a Unix guy, all right? A Unix guy in a window shop, kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And he wanted us to take on all of the, basically bring in our stamps, take on all the desktops. We would take the the desktop, the help desk, all that. He would just do the uh, servers and the infrastructure and ask us for advice, okay? And that worked and we got together, we put it all together. This This was actually a year before we formalized and, and put out the first book and all of that kind of fun stuff. But we had this, we already knew what we were, what we were doing, essentially. Well, it turned out two funny things. One was that this guy absolutely was the, oh, I can do it faster. So he would respond, he would basically intercept all the help desk tickets, all the help desk calls, and would do them himself, and then wonder why we never did anything. And then at the same time, he was a Unix guy who thought that Windows should behave like Unix. And so everything he was trying, it was amazing. We would have these conversations uh, where where we're literally, he's trying to script the most bizarre behavior into a Windows server that had no real good benefit to the client, to the company, but it would make him feel better because he could make it behave like Unix. And we were like, okay, here's our advice. Don't do that. (laughs) Stop doing that. And and we ended up finally parting company again, uh, pleasantly. Uh, because we realized that, that he just didn't want to play ball with us. So about three or four months later after that, uh, we got a, an RFP from another organization that specifically wanted co manage Oh, yeah. We are going to come in and we're going to take this. We don't care who else is in on this. This is our business. No problem whatsoever. And we meet with the IT guy and some of the management And one of the things they really wanted us to do was to take over their uh, infrastructure. Uh
0: Uh-oh, Bob, you went mute on me. There we
1: was This guy jury-rigged everything. There was no best practice whatsoever, and it worked. And actually, it was kind of cool, the way he got it working. But there's no way. I can't teach my techs to learn for this one client and, and keep any amount of profitability or give him a price that's worthwhile. And, but he was like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. I'll help you guys. I'll show you how I did it. Well, what if we implement a new, no, 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 no. Cause this works, it's what I want and blah, blah, blah. Even though he didn't want to do any of it anymore. So in this, in both particular cases, we had best practices, we had tools. In one case, the guy was willing to accept the tools But not defer to our knowledge, or even let us do the job. And and I don't want to say we ultimately paid for it. Actually, got paid pretty well for doing nothing for about a year, Um, and that's a good thing. Uh, And then in the second case, we never actually followed through. We actually withdrew from uh, from the process uh, uh, because we basically said, look, we can't we 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 can't do this and make money uh, because you don't want to do best practice. You want us to basically take over your jury rig solution. So those are two examples, but in both cases by really, you'll notice I never really talked about the tech. I talked about the openness of the internal people to really work and partner with us and and to be able to create that, that what we do well, we'll be able to do and what you do well, we're really gonna back you up and support you and make you even
0: better. Interesting very interesting on the flip side give me an example of where it was a home run like it just everything clicked in the place and it couldn't have been better
1: ah uh, it's it's harder to answer that one oddly enough because you're looking it, it's, it's just like you said it's that home run it's that action it isn't one it's a constant flow it's basically where you have conversations with the people and you know they're not talking to a vendor. So for example, I I can give you a couple of examples. One was uh, one of our CIO level uh, clients, and he and I had about an hour and a half conversation and the guy basically, I don't wanna say opened his heart to me because you know better, nobody would do that with me. It was just a bad idea. But really we talked long and serious about how his frustrations were with management and, and just, thank you. Uh, and just not working well with him at all. And we spent a lot of time really dissecting his approach and the responses, and talking about ways that he could be improving. There was never a sales pitch. There was never looking for a dollar. It, was, it wasn't anything. It was it was two steps away from two guys sitting at a bar in Mexico talking about a beer and just just commiserating with each other. And and at the end of it, the guy was was. It, I mean, you could just tell he was personally very, very grateful, for lack of a better word, uh, of the fact that that he could not only have this conversation, but also get some great feedback. So that would be one of them. Uh, Another one would be on the opposite side of the spectrum, where we had one of our clients who had one, and I'll call him a low level, he's not, he's a great guy, Uh, we'll call him a level two tech, give or take, and was just getting feedback from management about training, about cybersecurity training and not doing the training and all of that. And I'm basically listening to them. And I basically and, and for me to basically say, I'll tell you what, we got one of two things. Number one, I'll go and beat them up, or number two, we'll go and beat them up. I don't care. Which one do you want to do? And it, and it was kind of, it was kind of the it's like when the kid comes home to, to mom and dad and says, hey, the boy picked on me. And the parents basically, we're going to take care of it. OK, so and, and to, to basically give that kind of no, I've got your back. I've got your support. I am here to make you succeed because you're trying to do good for the client. You're trying to do good for your employer. So am I. But I'm but this is one where I'm better at it than you are. But I'm willing to share and I'm willing to, to, to work with you and mentor you and how to deal with that. Those two, those two are the ones that stick with me the most. Now, if you talk to my techs. They would probably have different stories because one of the things we always do is when our clients escalate tickets, meaning that their internal IT can't handle that type of ticket or that issue. One of the questions we always ask is, do you want to watch and learn? You know, and always, always, always do that. And it basically said, you know, because you may not want to escalate that to us next time. Or you may just be curious how this is done. So let us know. We'll schedule some time and work with you. And we get constant feedback about, boy, that's we're not holding it back here. We're not going, oh, we know something you don't know, and we document it fully and all of that kind of fun stuff. And I've had several occasions where people texts have come back to us and said, "Wow, thanks for showing me how to do that. That is really cool. You guys are great." Yada yada yada. But again, we're not talking technology. We're talking about the relationship, the 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 discourse, the dialogue, and and the support that goes on between those.
0: Wow, it's actually great examples to be honest with you i'm curious though
1: so you've been lying throughout the rest of this conversation no no
0: no no no, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm absorbing right i'm sponging in this is all great um communication right i mean a lot of this is communication like and i've said just like you said for Absolutely. years right like the technology business is really 80 percent people and 20 percent technology i know people argue with that percentage all the time Absolutely. but i really, really feel that strongly about that percentage how does the communication work with the organization right hey we're rolling something out things have to be done they the end user actually needs to know something that's coming down the line is a different organization organization or what's your best practice with how the actual end customer in a co-managed situation gets gets talked to
1: so there, there's an additional step okay uh when you're dealing in a pure MSP situation, you're basically dealing with management and then you're dealing with the employees, all right? So you can basically talk to management and say, hey, do you want this voice to come from you or do you want it to come from us? Uh, or in some cases, we want it to come from you because we want them to pay attention to it or we want it to come from us so they can ask us questions or whatever. But it, but it's a very binary question, you know, which, which way does it come from? With internal IT involved, there's a third and, and, and a little more, Delicate question. Okay, now does it come from us? Does it come from the internal IT, or does it come from the from the uh uh, management? And here's the first thing: what is the internal IT person looking to get from you? What are they what do they want to be when they grow up? What do they want? Get that answer and have that answer. And 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 it it could be I want to be a spaceman, it could be I want to be a CIO, it could be I want to be left alone. It could be, I want to be a better tech, it could be whatever. And use that when you're judging how to communicate. So that you can basically say, because if it comes from you, well, why didn't it come from you or her? Are, are they not smart enough? Are they not official IT people? I mean, why, why, why? do they? Why do they exclude them? Is the possibility, you know, for them to see that. And if it comes from them, are people going to pay enough attention? Because if you have that, we almost—I I hate to say—laughingly, because sometimes it's really sad. Uh, but you have that—that that, uh, the, the IT person is treated like the stepchild orphan, you know, uh, totally abused, left alone in the dark, never given any. We, uh, boy, give that person just a little bit of attention, a little bit of support, back them up. You're going to have that person with you for a good long time. And don't betray that trust. If you can do, I'm coming after you. Because this is just. There are so many people out there, especially in the IT business, where so many of us don't have the best people skills to begin with. All they want is just someone to have their back and, and all of that. And that's a great opportunity. And this is a chance where if it comes from them, you can basically coach it, even write the bloody communication from them. But you have to do it in such a way that it'll be paid attention to. You don't want to make it so it's just another example of how they don't know and pays attention to So you could have two companies that have essentially the same organizational structure, but two different types of IT. And one, you would communicate in a very different version than the other. So know who you're dealing with, like you're saying, 80% person, 20% tech. Um, And and the reason being is because anybody can sell tech. Tech is a commodity. There's no aspect of technology that is not a commodity, folks. It's what the people do with it in terms of implementing it and, and supporting it. And introducing and supporting it with the end users. And that still requires people. The day it doesn't require people, that level of it, it's still a commodity.
0: So true. Um, how much now, you know, Bob is, I even for pure play MSP, let alone co-manage, this whole, eh, we, we we don't want to send you a corporate resource because we don't know, like maybe they're hiring and they don't know if you're going to be around, right? Still that initial period, or maybe it's just the company said, Hey, you already have computers at home. Why am I sending you a laptop from work? Just use your own. We know that that's a security challenge and all sorts of direction. Right. So what's the recommendation. I'm sure it could change depending on the the organization is the recommendation. Hey, you really should be sending corporate resources out. Is it, Hey, you really ought to invest in like a, a WVD, Windows Virtual Desktop, something like that. Hey, you really ought to have a really good security policy and an acceptable use policy in place. What if it's all of the above? what What are you What are you running into? What's the answer, or what's the, so, the best practice? So, how the hell should I know? Now,
1: all honesty, it's the wrong conversation, in my opinion. The first conversation is, do you understand why there's such a risk? period. And that should be both management and internal IT. And if not, have that conversation, talk about that. And you can talk about it from two, from two perspectives. One of course is the threat, the risk. And one of the things I think we miss on, especially when we're talking with management, I don't think we talk enough about the money that these guys are making. Because one thing CEOs understand is they understand profit. And they understand financial incentive. They understand why people, why their company is trying to be as, as creative as possible to create new opportunities, new things, whatever. When we talk about, look at this risk, look at this attack, look at these results. That's, most of them are basically, you're just trying to scare me. But if you talk about, you know, the billions of dollars that is revenue, that these guys are financially incentivized, i, I say it again and again, you know, uh, hackers are, are entrepreneurs these days, more than anything else, the successful ones. They have a business model and the business model works. And, and as long as that's the case, that's where I have success. When I talk to clients, especially on the management side, is that, you know, they can make money out of you. They can, they will, and they and they, you know, unless you protect yourself. The other side of the fence, and this is happening even just over the past few weeks, is the fact that your players, insurance companies, bankers, your vendors, your supp- your suppliers, uh, uh, your customers are starting to take security seriously and will start to treat you differently. And so you are seeing right now, for example, we've seen major insurance players reaching out to their companies who have uh, cybersecurity policies. And one of two things is happening. one. If you don't have MFA across the board, we are dropping you. No questions, we're just dropping you. And also, we are putting more and more loopholes that will basically make it tougher and tougher for you to actually successfully have a claim with us, unless you've got all your stuff in place. And I fully suspect bankers are going to start doing the same thing. And you're seeing it on the government side with all the CMMC requirements, you're going to see that with other, you know, PCI, of course, and you're going to see more and more. So it is going to become more and more, uh, it, it ain't up to me anymore. It's the bad guys are making money. They're coming after you. you the companies that you do business with and you rely on in your, your infrastructure of organizations, they're going to start requiring it. So it's up to you. You know, do you want to take cybersecurity seriously or do you want to just call up your competition right now and say, I've got clients coming your way pretty soon. Just just be ready.
0: Wow. That's a great that's a great line. Um you bring up a good topic, right? How often like the MSP has to have their housekeeping in order. I think a lot of people don't, right? Absolutely. They, like shoe, it's like the shoemaker, right? Right? He always replaces the shoe last, uh, or yep. so they say. But um where where how heavily is the compliance now? falling into the conversation. Hey, we need to find a way to get SOC 2 compliant. Hey, we need to meet these requirements. How often are you as the outside technology kind of, you know, voice, right? Being dragged into that conversation saying help us get there.
1: Absolutely. Uh, The big one right now is CMMC, no question about it. And I want to absolutely position myself as a CMMC expert, except I'm not, but otherwise I would be doing that. So it's one of those where, and and we're probably a bit ahead of the learning curve uh, versus a lot of other MSPs, uh, but we're not experts with that yet, but we are investing. I have probably invested uh, easily well over $100,000 with no income being generated from that yet, just on improving our cybersecurity over the past 12 months. And that's money well spent. I'd do it again. I probably will. Uh, All of that kind of fun stuff. So, but the big thing right now that we're seeing is really two types. Number one is CMMC requirement. And number two, where a client is essentially saying, huh, I guess I better take security seriously. What do I need to do? And and to me, and this gets back to your original question, your cybersecurity conversation should not be tactical. It has to be strategic. If it's tactical, then you get into that whole, well, we just, we just put in multi-factor authentication. Why do I need a firewall? You know, or, or I just did this. Why do I need that? Whereas if you've had this and and the term I've used and Matt Lee and I did a video on this uh, six months ago, the term I love using is it's an infinite game. There is no final, you know, call to the end of the game. There will always be new technologies, there will always be vulnerabilities. Every time any company comes out and says, we've invented a new technology for organizations to communicate both internally and externally, it is going to be fraught with uh, vulnerabilities. You know, a friend of mine told me, and I'll never forget this, this was back in, it had to be the the early 90s. Uh, She once told me, she said, you know how you know when something in IT is obsolete? When it works. And, and, and there's truth to that and there's even there's even more truth to it now the technologies that are the most secure in some ways are the ones that are the most obsolete you know which which is tough
0: uh, on, on some levels No I totally agree Bob what, what's, you know, what's your best advice to somebody who, is half, maybe like stumbled into this, right? They may be informally doing it. Maybe a customer popped up to kind of backdoored their way into this conversation, but there's really no formality to how they kind of approached it. They kind of figured it out, but yep. in a haphazard way.
1: Yeah, I've been speaking on comets now for about three years, uh, whether it be in person or, or on the road or whatever, um, and, Roughly two-thirds of MSPs uh, have pro managed clients. Most of them uh, either didn't know it uh, or, or they knew it, but almost all of them, they stumbled into it, where a client, a potential client just said, hey, can you do that? And they go, I don't see why not, and they did it, uh, which goes completely contrary to the managed service model. The managed service model is we come up with one way, one set of tools, one methodology, and we repeat it, And we only make modifications or changes to justify for each of the organizations. That's how we make money. That's how we maintain profitability for those organizations who already have co-managed clients. The first thing I tell you is ignore them. Uh, And this is kind of like when you make, you make a change from break fix over to managed services. You don't make your first managed service client a really, really great break fix client. Yeah. Because you don't know your managed service practice well enough. You don't know your pitch. You don't know whatever so take a step back and say okay i'm going to move to co-manage i'm going to create this offering take the lessons that you've learned from what you've done and really take a good hard look at what your managed service offering is what's your superpower what is your best practice what's the thing that differentiates you and how can we turn that into a co-managed offering and start building that offering whether it be a silo offering a comit's offering or whatever Build that and start going out there and push that. Present that talk to your existing clients, let them know that you're doing this, but don't try to sell them on it because they already like you, they're already paying you, they're already doing that. Why, why traumatize them by pushing this brand new thing that you don't even know what the heck it is yet? The only exception to that is if you've got a co managed client that really wants to adapt, that wants to change, that wants to look for it, in which case, hey, that's great but you're bringing it to them because they're asking for it. Once you've got it under your belt and under your wing and you've got it working and you know, you can repeat it. Then you can go back to these clients and say, you know, this thing we did about three years ago. Yeah. Crazy thing. Uh, We're doing that horribly. We've got a much better program and and I'd love to talk to you about it. And this is actually how we did it. So we had several, we had about 10 or 12 monitoring only comments clients that was just that we didn't have on our on our formal thing because we didn't really know what we were doing, but we left them that way because they were warm and happy and you know paying money. Uh, finally, and we were going to do this originally in the beginning of 2020, uh, but funny thing about 2020, it didn't it didn't yeah it, the plans didn't work out the way. But what we ended up doing though was a, a Q4 of last year, we went to them and we said our monitor, we called it our silver plan, we can't do this anymore, so. We're giving you three months, we'd love to talk to you about our full plan, our subscription plan, or how do we part company? And we wanna make sure you're supported, so let's set up some time to talk. And we ended up with the 10 clients, uh, I wanna say six of them went to our full comments, um, and three of them went to subscription only, and one of them is actually still in the works because of reasons that had to do with their, their particular situation. And I wasn't willing to, to force them into change. They weren't ready to do you know, uh, COVID stuff. Uh, but we ended up uh, increasing our MRR by about 20 grand through that, through that process. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. And we also ended up taking 10 clients who we had, each one was a little bit individual, a little bit different, because they weren't the same, because we didn't know what the heck we were doing. And now we have those clients where they're all, with the exception of one, where they're all doing things our commits way, or our subscription way. So it worked. If we had done that three years earlier, it would have been totally chaotic and a total mess.
0: Yeah. So there's a maturity to everything, right? Absolutely.
1: I mean, you Absolutely.
0: just got you yeah. But the good part is that with what you've been working on, Bob, and your books and your group, I mean, and, yep. and listen, there's a lot of resources out there, but you've obviously got a science down that, that seems to be working. There's help. And I think we said this earlier in the call, it's worth doubling down now. It's okay to ask for help. Absolutely.
1: We all need it. Absolutely. I have constant. I had a conversation, yes, in Mexico about two days ago with a guy, I think in Oklahoma, uh, who had a comets uh, opportunity, wasn't quite sure how to deal with it. Again, I really think that if you're an MSP who is interested in comets, the best time to do it is now. And the term I often use is the worst time to learn CPR is when someone's having a heart attack. You know, the worst time to develop your co-managed offering is when someone's asking for it. Because then you're going to use their input to help drive you and all that kind of fun stuff. So now's the time to, to start considering it. What, what it is you want to do, how you want to formalize.
0: it. 100%. And and so for everyone who didn't catch us at the beginning of the, uh, the uh, webinar here, um, two books, right, on Amazon from Bob. Yep. One is you're on the you're on the MSP side and you want to understand how to do commits. The other one is, hey, I'm not trying to take your job. I'm actually on the internal IT side. Um, you know, why why do you even want to work with me? So, when you go back to watch this video, which you can find at mspinitiative.com under sessions, you will find this session and you will be able to rewind, fast forward, pause and start taking some notes here guys because I'm telling you If you haven't started down this road formally, like I think we've all done it informally at some level. If you haven't started formally, I'm going to double down now. Do it now. Don't wait until the end of the year. Don't wait till next year. I think you're going to find out. And Bob mentioned it earlier. I think the workforce is in flux. And I think this is very popular right now to have a plan in place, because the last thing you want to do is have to wait, you know, do what Bob just did. Right muscle and feel your way through it until you figure it out. No, get it done now. Cause it's been, you know, like you can borrow the, the, the right answer, right. Or at least the foundation to what you're trying to do rather than having to start from scratch. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Bob. I I hope you enjoy a drink after this. It looks like it's pretty good weather down there in Mexico. Uh, we will see you sometime later on this year. I'm sure of it again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for letting us borrow your, uh, your parking lot and helping us put the Ohio one of the Ohio stops in the Channel strong store last month we really appreciate you for everyone else thanks for watching this video is recorded again mspinitiative.com under sessions play it back guys learn something new and we will see you back here again Tuesdays Thursdays one o'clock eastern time Bob take it easy my friend appreciate you
1: you too take care
0: all right